1: Welcome again to Gamble On, the weekly gambling podcast presented by usbets.com. I'm Eric Raskin, U.S. Bets Managing Editor and Media Director, and I'm joined by our senior analyst, Pulitzer Prize finalist John Brennan. And we both survived the Roto-Grinders Super Bowl party weekend in Nashville, in large part because we both elected not to ride the mechanical bull at Nashville Underground. Uh, our colleague Brian Pempis did, however, and I foolishly squandered five bucks betting the over on a line of seven and a half seconds for him to stay on. John, if you had to set a line for yourself on the bull, where would you set it?
2: Oh, boy. Um, well, first off, Eric, I did warn you that the damn Luke Perry bull riding movie was called Eight Seconds. So. <laughs> right. Even granting this was not a real bull and it wasn't at full speed, that was definitely too high a line. So that uh, that one's on you.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, now, let's see. I have severe osteoarthritis, so the only way I could wind up being on that bull is sort of a hostage situation where I'm placing <laughs> severe restraints. Now, if you throw in my impervious to pain that I mentioned a few weeks ago, I could ride the bull for, I don't know, an hour as long as the restraints <laughs> held. I, I wouldn't be able to walk afterwards, but uh, it wouldn't hurt, though. I'd just be sore. Um, but to play along with your actual premise, uh, I'll say four seconds.
1: All right. Yeah, I'll take the under. Whatever you were going to oh, say, oh, I'm, I'm oh, taking oh, the under. I'm, I've learned oh, my lesson from uh, from oh, oh, from last weekend. Oh, but uh, oh, I, I think it would actually be close between me and you, uh, because, you know, I, I have my my back ailments, uh, which frankly are the reason that I refuse to get on there on Sunday. Uh, and because of the my back issues, I might sort of bail at the very first jostle for fear of doing serious damage to myself. But, you know, I, I have youth on my side, comparatively. Um, I was thinking about your inability to feel pain and whether that that might be the tiebreaker. Uh, but regardless, I, I'm, I'm very disappointed in Pempis. Um, I, I know that he tore his hands apart trying to hold on to that thing, he but, but, but he's young, he works out. I, I really expected better than, I think he ended up around six seconds. I expected better than that out of him. I, I'm hoping he plans to spend the next 12 months in in hardcore bull riding training
2: well i think he took about four tries which is either incredibly brave or something
1: I don't know. <laughs> right there's a thin line between bravery and uh well i don't want to i don't want to say it because uh brian's our friend but uh yeah ne- ne- next year brian uh, bounce back I'm, I'm expecting better out of you
2: right
1: <laughs> all right well thank you to everyone for joining us for episode number 77 of gamble on if you missed any of our previous 76 episodes they're all available on soundcloud and on itunes and the apple podcast app click the subscribe button so it downloads automatically to your device and you never miss an episode
2: yes and coming up a little later on the show we're going to be joined by delhi fantasy sports expert adam to discuss both the nfl season looking back and uh also looking ahead at the xfl season that starts this weekend hope you're ready um <laughs> Adam has spent numerous hours researching every XFL team so he can get an edge. Fortunately, there's only eight of them, but um, we'll pick his brain on, you know, which teams and which players are going to be worth backing. But first, it's been another busy news week in the world of gambling, including news to cover surrounding both NFL and XFL betting. So let's get to it. Here's your Gamble On News of the Week, an inside look at the biggest stories in the world of gambling.
1: The numbers are in from most of the major sports betting states for Super Bowl handle and revenue. Even Iowa reported these numbers in a timely fashion, Uh, and we're seeing record amounts wagered as expected, but a mixed bag in terms of the results. Nevada had the biggest handle, $154.7 million, although that's not quite a record for the state. Uh, New Jersey was next with $54.2 million, up 55% over 2019, while Pennsylvania took $30.7 million in bets. Various smaller states, many of which don't have much in the way of mobile betting, reported handle between $2 million and $7 million, while we don't have numbers out of Indiana yet. But here's the most interesting part of the story. Nevada sportsbooks won big, while Pennsylvania and New Jersey books came out behind. Nevada collected $18.8 million in revenue, while Pennsylvania lost $3.3 million and New Jersey lost $4.3 million. Part of that can be explained by Las Vegas being close to San Francisco and Niners fans tilting the balance a bit, but mostly, I think, it comes down to the East Coast books and their odds boosts, promos, free bets, and other incentives to sign up. I would guess without all those, the Pennsylvania and New Jersey books would have been winners too. John, do you agree with that take? And are there any numbers from the Super Bowl wagering that jumped out at you?
2: Yeah, I'm thinking of something else. I think that Andy Reid factor – you know, being a longtime successful Philadelphia Eagles coach, I think it's the biggest play in both states. You know, that, that accounts for eastern Pennsylvania and southern New Jersey, uh, each being Eagles territory, including Atlantic City, um, even Giants fans in New Jersey and New York. And of course, the New Yorkers crossed the Hudson to bet uh, uh, in New Jersey. Um, they probably have a grudging respect for Andy Reid, given his success over the years. So I think that's a big play. But also notice that New Jersey betters now two for two in the big game. So maybe they're just smarter than uh, Vegas residents and their tipsy tourist friends are
1: yeah I I'm I'm not with you on that one. I I I think it's a good factor to to point out. The Andy Reid factor plays some small role, sort of like the being close to San Francisco factor plays some small role with Vegas. But I I still think it's it's mostly the way that they're giving away a lot of money. Like, uh, I'll just go with my own personal experience betting this Super Bowl. Uh, I ended up with a, a total win of uh, $47 from an assortment of prop bets. But the only reason that I came out ahead was because of a FanDuel promo. Uh, bet $25 or more on any player to score a touchdown, get $1 for each point their team scores up to a max of $25. So I took uh, Kelsey at even money. Uh, so I won $25 from him scoring and I got another $25 in bonus money. If I don't make that bet, I'm a small loser on the day. Uh, but, you know, anyone who took a chief in that bet got $25 in bonus money. Anyone who took a 49er got $20 in bonus money. That's one example of how these sports books set themselves up to uh, to come out behind. And there was a quote, that David Payne Purdom noted on Twitter. This was from a FanDuel representative. Said, "I think we have a lot of years to go before revenue, instead of customer acquisition, is the primary metric for success on days like Super Bowl Sunday." To, to me, that that's telling. Uh, and selfishly, I do hope this drive for customer acquisition continues <laughs> for a lot of years.
2: Well, it is true. I mean, it, it. this is so unusual that you have this massive new legal industry kind of out of nowhere. And right, it is a long game to be looked at by these companies. They want to get customer acquisition, and that's expensive. And you got to pay the price. And then down the road, you make the money, they're going to win in the end. So uh, but you're right, I, I, I'm I, a little surprised in New Jersey, it's extending, uh, you know, past the year and a half mark now. But uh, you know, good for us.
1: <laughs> yeah, based on that quote, might <laughs> extend for several more years. Uh, right. I, I guess we should talk about the uh patrick mahomes kneel down bad beat for a minute um <laughs> he was way over on his rushing yards uh then he kneeled three times at the end for negative 15 yards and he went under and it was a bad beat and uh points bet did a refund and so forth uh the underreported story here was how it swung fantasy contests. Uh, At least with FanDuel scoring, I saw that in one big contest, it made the difference between first place and second place. There, There were two people who had identical lineups, except one had Damian Williams in that MVP spot, and the other had Mahomes in that spot. And the Williams lineup won by a fraction of a point because of the kneel downs. That's worse than than losing a prop bet for a few hundred bucks, you know, un- unless it cost you an otherwise perfect eight prop parlay or something like that. Uh, but it's it's just crazy how uh, little little detail, like kneeling down and specifically running around behind the line of scrimmage and kneeling down way behind the line of scrimmage, can uh, can cause such a swing.
2: Yeah, it kind of reminds me of that, you know, talking to professional poker players, and you know, they've got somebody so badly beaten that. The only way they can lose is if the other guy gets, like, the eight of clubs on the final card. (laughs) Right. And they flip it over, you know, about one out of 50 times, boom, there's (laughs) the eight of clubs. So you just got to live with it and move on. Yep.
1: (laughs) All right. And we move on from NFL betting news to XFL betting news. As on Wednesday, we learned that ABC and ESPN, in broadcasting XFL games starting this weekend— will not be participating in the old-school practice of pretending that betting doesn't exist, but rather will show the lines and the totals on screen during the games." Integrating the point spreads and betting lines into our broadcast will create a more robust viewing experience that deepens our fan engagement and connectivity, XFL president and COO Jeffrey Pollack told our colleague Chris Altruda for Sports Handle. We're told that the broadcasters will also be permitted to mention betting implications during the game and not just in that sneaky Al Michaels kind of way. Uh, in related news, on Wednesday, the XFL and DraftKings announced a partnership with DraftKings now an official DFS partner and gaming partner of the rebooted league. We'll be talking more about the XFL with our guest Adam Levitan, but John, what are your plans regarding watching the XFL this weekend and or betting the XFL this weekend, and how do you feel about the broadcast's apparent embrace of legal betting?
2: Uh, I am one of those people who – if I bet the XFL, I may watch the XFL. <laughs> yeah. And if I don't bet the XFL, yeah. So um, now I think I've been consistent regarding gambling talk in games. I, I feel a bit protective of the diehard fans who love to watch but don't like to gamble. And um, now I'm certainly willing to give XFL broadcast more leeway because, yeah, who else is going to watch these games? But uh, long-term, as I said before, there's simply going to be one channel with little or no betting talk and a parallel betting-heavy channel showing the same game, and everybody's going to win.
1: Yep yep uh you've you've been standing by that uh that that belief for a while, and I do think that is where things are headed uh certainly with a league like this yeah you know, i I can't decide whether I care about this league and whether I'll watch it all uh like a lot of people i watched the first x f l game in that two thousand one season, hated the product and didn't watch another game uh I didn't watch any a a f last year There's no Philadelphia XFL team. I guess New York, New Jersey is the closest to me, but I don't make a habit of rooting for New York, New Jersey teams. Uh, But like you, uh, if I end up making some bets or or playing XFL DFS, I'll be inclined to watch and sweat. Yeah, A a league like this has helped enormously by the availability of betting and I think is very smart to embrace the betting angles. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if by the midpoint of the season they start to experiment with alternative all-betting broadcasts.
2: Yeah. And and meanwhile, New Jersey is the only state that has legal sports betting and has an XFL team. So once again, we're the center of the universe. (laughs)
1: There you go. (laughs) All right. There has been movement toward possible sports betting legislation and passage in a few states over the past week. uh, But perhaps the most significant development was in Connecticut, where a draft bill was introduced Tuesday that would legalize retail and mobile sports betting and also allow for online casino and online keynote. I think it's the first uh, to to include online keynote. Hmm. Uh, Connecticut is a complicated state because of the tribal casinos, but the lawmakers appear to be working with the tribes here to find a solution that works for everyone. Governor Ned Lamont is also apparently part of the process. So that means if this legislation gets through, we shouldn't have to worry about a governor's veto. John, what's your level of optimism regarding Connecticut passing something this year? And will another state siphoning off New York customers lead to any increased action for mobile betting in New York?
2: Well, first, I'm uh, impressed with that online Keno. Yeah, that was pushed in New Jersey like 10 or 15 years ago, and Hmm. it sort of disappeared without a trace. Um, I guess that big Keno lobby isn't quite as strong (laughs) as it needs to be. But uh, back to your question, Um, you know, yeah, as small as Connecticut is, about three and a half million people, I think, um, there's another million or so in Westchester County, New York, neighboring there. Uh, That's one of the nation's wealthiest counties. So... The Nutmeg State, that's Connecticut, by the yep, way. Yep. Um, they could reprise New Jersey's act, I think, of siphoning millions of dollars in annual sports betting tax revenue from New Yorkers into their treasury. And so your other question, um, no, if Governor Cuomo is good with many Manhattanites crossing into Jersey to bet on their bicycles or by foot, um, he's not going to mind others uh, in Westchester driving their BMWs from you know Chappaqua <laughs> and Bedford over the parking lots of trendy boutiques in Greenwich and New Canaan. He's good with that, too, I think.
1: Yeah, I'm certainly uh, aligned with you. <laughs> On on that front, I don't see this uh, changing anything at all in New York. Um, I'll I'll note that the Connecticut tribes are going along with the plan in part because the bill would allow them to open new casinos in other parts of the state Mm -hmm. in exchange for which they'd have to pay an extra $88 million a year to the state. So everyone's uh, uh, all sides are potentially getting some benefits out of this. This sounds promising. Connecticut has been at or near the top of our list for a while of states we expect to legalize sports betting. Uh, So I'd frankly be surprised if something doesn't pass this year in, uh, as you pointed out, The nutmeg state. Uh, That's a tough state nickname Uh, of all of all the spices (laughs) to be named after. There are a few less cool sounding than nutmeg. And of course, the sports uh, meaning, you know, it's not good to get nutmegged in soccer, hockey or basketball means someone uh, dribbled uh, right through your legs. Uh, So uh, work on that, Connecticut, maybe work that into the sports betting bill. Attach something here that you need a new state nickname, something better than nutmeg.
2: Uh, I agree on that part, but I'm going under on the passage. Um, you yeah, know, this all sounds good. It's like, well, it's all done except for, you know, exactly where do we put that other casino and that front ugh, that drives. There's so much territorial, not in my backyard or only in my backyard, going on in Connecticut that uh, uh, until I, I, I'd be more interested if that part was solved and then they had to work something out to try and go backwards. I think they've got an the easy part done already. Now comes the hard part.
1: Okay, interesting. So, uh, so and it's not necessarily that you – think that this is going to fail as much as that you think it's going to take a while to to work out all the details and and that 2020 would be optimistic for passage
2: yeah absolutely i, I just i just don't know how they solve this problem you know there's a casino in hartford the risen and so on and so forth and um everybody's dug in pretty deep i think okay it's time to welcome a special guest from the world of gambling let's get to the gamble on interview
1: NFL season is over, but professional football season is not as the XFL returns this weekend following a brief 19-year hiatus. And whether you're looking for analysis of the best football players in the world or the journeymen and undrafted rookies a couple of levels below that, you'll find few people with deeper expertise than Adam Levitan, the longtime host of DraftKings Daily Fantasy Edge podcast and the co-founder of the subscription-based fantasy site, EstablishTheRun.com. And Adam joins us now on the podcast. Adam, welcome to Gamble On. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. So uh, you believe you have an edge in DFS and your receipts show that indeed you do. Uh, But I've heard you acknowledge that you don't have any edge in sports betting. Uh, You live in Philly, so you just completed your first full NFL season with access to legal sports betting. How much sports betting did you find yourself doing And does it require much extra work or by simply doing all your DFS research, do you have all the information you need to exploit some soft betting lines?
0: Yeah, Uh, you know, you mentioned uh, at the top or or in the question, you know, I'm not sure there are soft betting lines in the NFL, particularly as you get close to close, you know, if you're willing to bet on Sunday night or Monday or maybe Tuesday, maybe you can find something that you would consider, soft and maybe you have some injury information that you can exploit uh for me if i make a bet uh, on a football game it's really just for fun i won't bet a lot of money don't expect to win i I think that uh things that i do expect to win and things where i can find an edge is being faster than the books are uh, on news so you know a starting quarterback gets ruled out i've been able to get some bets in before the line was taken off the board uh, i've been able to beat books on props to the point where. I've been limited to the to the point where it's not even worth it, really, uh, to bet. And that's not, you know, to brag or to say anything. I mean, it's so easy to beat them on on props. They they're putting up hundreds of props, and they can't possibly monitor them all the players and the injuries like uh, um, at the same rate at the same uh, depth that we are when we're playing fantasy. So yeah, you, you know, it hasn't been a big change. I don't think with Pennsylvania being uh, live on the market, certainly have more options to to make bets, but. Uh, I far, far, far from a, a professional sports better.
2: Right. Uh, yeah, Adam, I'm, I'm curious. I know you're a DFS player mainly, but uh, given the NFL and sports betting this year, I'm wondering, uh, did you find yourself? How often do you find out betting? But also later in the year, did you feel like you had a learning curve that made it easier. Um, sports betting is obviously so difficult to do. I'm wondering if by the playoffs, you were more confident in your picks and, and sort of how that went.
0: Yeah, I, I really wouldn't be confident uh, in making picks. Just hey, I think this team's better than that team. or I think uh, you know this is a bad spot for for this team. I think the lines are uh, too efficient for that. The way that uh, I would gain confidence is by working with a more uh, data centric uh, way to do it. So um, you know line origination, in, in other words, putting inputs into the models for stats that I think are important, and trying to figure out what the line should be, and then just comparing that to what the market. Uh, says they are. And I'm not uh, capable of that. And I also think that uh, my time and effort uh, right now, at least, is more uh, better served in the DFS market than it is trying to beat these. I mean, these lines are, are uh, you know, millions and millions and hundreds of millions of dollars bet into these lines all across the world. And I'm pretty confident that they are quite efficient and, and really not the place where I think I want to be uh, trying to win. All right, so uh,
1: turning to the XFL, uh, you've done a ton of research uh, with DFS in mind, um, but in familiarizing yourself with the teams and players, I'm curious if you see value in any of the future's odds. Uh, Like using the DraftKings odds, I see. The Dallas Renegades are the favorite at plus 350. The New York Guardians are plus 400, all the way up to the Seattle Dragons at plus 1,200. Uh, Looking over the odds, is is there a team that you're inclined to bet on, or or is it something you kind of want to stay away from until you've seen a game or two?
0: Yeah, so, uh, you know, I've obviously uh, uh, been hard on the uh, sports betting, trying to win at sports betting so far, but I think on these niche sports, you can definitely win. You know, I've been betting on WNBA for – uh, a few years now, and I think you can definitely win. I mean, there will be a superstar get scratched in WNBA and the lines don't move for three, four hours. They, they just don't know. And I think it'll be similar in the XFL. And yeah, I don't know where, like, man, they, there's so many different lines out there. I don't know where these guys came up with some of these lines. I think Tampa Bay is uh, at best, maybe the fourth best, fifth best. You know, they easily could be one of the worst teams in the league, I think. And uh, they have like a seven and a half win total, uh, I saw open up at, at Caesars, um, which is just insane. I mean, I, I would be absolutely shocked if if any team won eight games, let alone Tampa Bay, who I think is is one of the worst. So yeah, there, there's a lot of value. I took um, the Houston Renegades at twelve to one. I think that line is probably gone now. I took the DC Defenders at nine to one, and you know these future mar- these futures markets that they put up are really really juiced really hard. And you know I understand, you know they have no way to. Just putting up a market is hard, so, and they have no way uh, to really know what's going to happen. They want to put a lot of effort into it. So, of course, they're going to juice it up really hard and make, make the limits low. But, but, yeah, I mean, you can arbitrage a lot of stuff going on with XFL right now across different sites, and, and I, I would be um, shocked if they were anywhere close. What they have right now for power ratings were, were anywhere close. So I'll be betting some games also.
1: Yeah, even even without knowing anything, I've done no research, but just looking at those opening futures odds in an 8-team league where you sort of figure anything can happen, when when I see a team up at uh plus 1200, I'm kind of assuming it's almost got to be a good bet.
0: Yeah, and and I think uh a lot of it is based on, you know, like Bay was the favorite. They made than the favorite simply because of Mark Trestman, right? Mark Trestman's had so much success in the CFL and people think the CFL rules are going to translate to the XFL, which, you know, may or may not be true, but I I think there's some other interesting coaches in the league, like, you know, June Jones is Houston's coach and, you know, to get them at 12 to one, I think they have some of the most talent in the league. And, and yeah, I I think that's going to be strong. And, and yeah, there's, there's, you know, like just this week, just last night, you know, Josh Johnson was, uh, who I think is the best quarterback in the league was, Uh, uh, deemed questionable. Sounds like he's going to be doubtful for week one. And, you know, line doesn't move. I mean, imagine if you were in the NFL and um, I don't know, Patrick Mahomes was deemed doubtful just out of the blue. I mean, the line would be off the board within uh, 10 seconds. So uh, you actually have like hours and sometimes even days in this time to, to capitalize on that.
2: All right. Uh, Yeah. Adam, I'm curious about roster construction with, um, with this new league, Um, whether the same basic strategies you would want to use, for an NFL uh, roster construction it goes here like i'm thinking of superstars you know look at the super bowl you know for dfs uh, uh, everybody that's interested pretty much they know who both tight ends are they know who all the wide receivers are they they know you know pretty much all the skilled level players whereas here the quarterbacks are a little bit well known and really almost nobody else so mm-hmm. wondering if um, you think the lines are and the the numbers are going to be uh, the cap so high on the star player because everybody wants them, and then the other ones are kind of random. Or like, is there going to be a, a different way to uh, approach taking a lineup here than you do with the NFL?
0: Sure. Yeah. So 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 much of DFS is understanding the injury situation and where teams are thin. You know, and uh, quarterback scoring is going to be clustered. That's just the way it always is in football. Quarterbacks are going to project all within uh, you know five six points of each other. That's just the way it is at the quarterback position. I think where you're going to find a better edge is by understanding where teams are thin, where there are uh, injuries. So already, you know, like the New York Guardians have two of their best wide receivers aren't expected to play uh, this weekend. And so that's just the kind of stuff that you see in every DFS sport. I think your ability to react to injuries and understand uh, where guys are going to get more opportunity than salary suggests uh, is going to be where um, the value is. And, and yeah, for quarterbacks, um, you know, I think Cardell Jones, Landry Jones, uh, Josh Johnson, if he plays, those guys are going to stick out and project a little bit better. Uh, however, uh, I don't think they're that deep down, you know, they're going to project that much better than Jordan Tamu or, or Philip Walker or some of these other guys.
1: All right, well, great stuff, Adam. It's been a uh, real pleasure talking to you and having you uh, on, on the podcast. And uh, everyone can check out Adam's work at EstablishTheRun.com and uh, find him uh, on Twitter where his uh, profile picture vaguely resembles uh, <laughs> the person that he is now. Uh, thanks so much for, for joining us, Adam, and uh, good luck with everything this XFL season.
0: All right, thanks for having me. Two men. Two men.
2: $10,000.
0: Will they run it up
2: or blow it all? It's time to check in on the gamble on bankroll.
1: Before we update our betting bankroll, a quick note that we both got the Super Bowl wrong by picking the 49ers to cover, which means we both finished six and five in the postseason, just barely above break even with the VIG. Uh, Still, we had NFL spread picking seasons to be proud of, John especially, and we'll see if we can keep improving next year. Uh, Now on to the bankroll. Some futures came in. We officially lost $100 on an early season bet on Patrick Mahomes to be NFL MVP. And no, it doesn't count that he won Super Bowl MVP. Mm. Uh, But in better futures news, we won $330 on John's midseason Chiefs Super Bowl bet, one of our best wins in a while. Our MVP long shot bets on Kittle and Hill were both $30 losers. I won us a hundred dollars on a Jersey number under 26 and a half scoring the first touchdown, <laughs> but I lost us a hundred five dollars predicting more receiving yards for Kittle than for Kelsey that uh, pushing off uh, offensive pass interference call uh, killed me on that one. Uh, and you lost a hundred dollars on over two and a half players throwing a pass. Plus in our only non NFL bet of the week, you lost a hundred dollars on your golfer, Victor Hovland who missed the cut by one stroke. Uh, anything you want to comment on before I add it all up?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm going to focus on the good part. Yeah, so regular season, 47, 33, and 5, I had 58.2%. Postseason, 54.5% while losing both conference championship games and the Super Bowl. Um, overall, 57.8%. percent Um not sure I'm really that good. So uh, when you're talking about trying to improve next year, I promise you I will not improve next year. Um, <laughs> wow. But I have no regrets on that 49ers pick. That was – I. I feel like that was the right pick and, uh, you know, a uh, midway through the fourth quarter up 10 points or 11 and a half, whatever it was. And, uh, you know, they didn't win, but uh, I'm not embarrassed by that one.
1: OK, yeah, no, I, I don't think uh, anyone looks foolish uh, for for taking the wrong side of the spread uh, there. But uh, I'll just note you're uh, over two and a half players throwing a pass. I made that bet in real life. And uh, boy, we were close. They they, they ran that one trick play. Uh, who? Uh, now I'm trying to remember which uh, offensive player it was. That was it uh, Debo Samuel, I think, uh, took a snap mm. or something and sort of paused for a second, looked like yep. he was going to pass and then just tried to run with it instead. And uh, that was that was our only shot. Oh, well.
2: Much, yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. So despite uh, your Chiefs bet winning, we still managed to lose 35 bucks this week, putting us $285 in the red, while we now have $805 on hold in futures bets, leaving us with $8,910 available to bet this week. And I'm up first. And per Adam Levitan's recommendation, let's bet on the Houston Roughnecks. Uh, I think he called them the Renegades, uh, but he meant Roughnecks. Uh, We're we're all still learning with this league. Uh, Anyway, let's bet on the Roughnecks to win the XFL title. It's not plus 1,200 anymore, which is what Adam cited, but I found it at plus 1,000 on FanDuel. And like I said to Adam, any team above plus 700 in a brand new eight-team league is worth considering. So if he says they're above average on paper and they're 10 to 1, Then I'm in. It gives me an excuse to watch a little XFL and have a favorite XFL team. Uh, Their quarterback, P.J. Walker, played for Temple University. So there's a Philly connection. Good enough for me. I'm betting $50 to win 500. Go Roughnecks.
2: All right. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Go Roughnecks. Uh, We're Team (laughs) Roughnecks. We have to be
1: careful on our pronunciation, though. We don't want it to sound like we're saying we're Team Rough Sex.
2: Uh, yeah. Okay. Rough next. Um, now I came this close to making an XFL pick of DC defenders minus seven against the Seattle dragons. Um, but it's, it's just kind of ridiculous. So, um, <laughs> But I was considering taking a self-imposed week off from golf betting after another miss uh, in spite of this being the fun uh, Pebble Beach Pro-Am week. Um, but then again I had winner Webb Simpson of, of Phoenix uh, as one of my four picks in my weekly golf pool last week. So uh, okay. I decided that justifies me just varying the action a little bit this week. Um, okay. No phenoms for 100 this time. Said <laughs> um, so it's an ex-phenom it was lost his way on a value play. Uh, I can go just 25 on Jordan Spieth to win Pebble Beach at a whopping 40 to 1 i mean in his mid-20s uh he's lost his way but what a talent uh and then give me another 50 on speed at 188 to just get in the top 20 so this way i'll only lose 75 for the week instead of 100 so that's an improvement
1: Okay. Yeah. Hey, so Jordan Spieth. That's uh, certainly a golfer I've heard of, uh, and I I didn't realize he had fallen quite that far to be a forty to one uh, dog. But uh, okay, I'll root for Spieth. Uh, as, as everyone can tell, we are hitting that uh, that part of the calendar where um, we have to dig a little bit to come up with two bets each week. Um, so I, I got one of my picks from listening to Adam Levitan. The other comes from editing an article this week by Gary Rotstein. He did a baseball preview for Penn Bets and. Boy, the Pittsburgh Pirates look like they should be awful this year. Most books have them at 70 and a half wins. Fox bet has them at seventy one and a half and with surprisingly low minus 105 juice on the under uh, and mm-hmm. one baseball writer Gary cited projected them for sixty wins and the worst record in the national league um, we talked about uh, going under not over with teams that figure not to contend that that would mm-hmm. be a, a change we make to our approach this year so yeah. let's do that here under seventy one and a half wins for the Pirates betting two hundred ten dollars to win two hundred.
2: Yeah, I can definitely see that. I have my uh, rotisserie baseball coming up in April. And uh, off the top of my head, what Pittsburgh Pirates starting pitcher would it, would I even draft at the end? You know? so, <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, and they got five of them to roll out every fifth day. So, um, all right, moving on here. Now, we've discussed the understandable reasons for your Oscar boycott, but um, right. I've gotten over being snubbed a decade ago. I remember snubbed um, <laughs> right. for my compelling role in the Soprano State documentary. So, uh, moving past that, I'm going for the Big Kahuna, best picture. Yeah. Um, I'm shorting favored 1917, which is at minus 200. And I'm going instead with a hunch pick on Parasite, 100 units at a th- plus $300 price. Um, it's the second choice out of the nine finalists. And many goers are really pretty obsessed with it, I think. Um, 1917 apparently has the production qualities to win countless awards. I'm just not sh- so sure it's an automatic choice where people just uh, – can't stop thinking about it or got to see it over and over again or got to tell the friends about it. It's it's technically well done, but there doesn't seem to be an emotional heft there that uh, that a winner is going to have to have. Um, full disclosure, I haven't seen any of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> so take that with a grain of salt.
1: All right. Well, I actually just saw Parasite like two nights ago and uh, it is very good. Is it? you know, uh, so good that I'm recommending it to everyone. Uh, I must see this. No, but it's, it's very good. Uh, I I've seen, I have not seen 1917. I have obviously seen once upon a time in Hollywood. And I would say once upon a time in Hollywood and parasite are, are pretty close for me in terms of which, uh, which I enjoyed more. I enjoyed them both quite a bit. So, but anyway, point being, uh, at plus 300, even though I haven't seen the favorite, uh, I think this is a pretty good bet. Cause you look at all those other categories, there are gigantic favorites in all of them. Yep. Uh, so, uh, if, if the Oscar voters want to give us, uh, at least a mild upset in one of the major categories, this would be it. So, uh, all right. I'm still I'm not going to sweat your bet. I'll just uh, read the results. But uh, but I I like that one. And that'll do it for this episode of Gamble On. Thanks, everybody out there for listening. And thanks again to our guest, Adam Levitan. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Raskin and John at Bergen Brennan and follow U.S. bets at U.S. underscore bets. Go to U.S. for all the latest news and analysis from the world of gambling and subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud or on iTunes or the Apple podcast app. And with that, John, the floor is yours. Please take us out. All right,
2: everybody out there, how did your football season pickings go? I mean, it's really time to take stock about whether you're winning or losing, of course, but also whether you're enjoying the ride. I mean, if you didn't do well, did the losses have a serious impact on your overall finances? And if it did, um, should you be dialing back either your frequency or your betting amounts? Uh, this is a good time to think about all that. And, and while we're having a little fun with XFL Chatter, I mean, I would say seriously consider taking the rest of February off and maybe regroup for March Madness. Um, but still listen to our podcast and live vicariously through our picks. Um, but there is a whole non-gambling world out there. and Don't you forget it. And with that, until next time, gamble on.